Happy National Poetry Month. We're going to start with, uh, I'm just going to tell you, I used to hate teaching poetry because I had no good lesson plan for teaching poetry, but not anymore. Teaching how to annotate and analyze a poem is one of the funnest things I do, and I'll share with my tips on how I got over my loathing and got into winning poetry. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA Podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms, whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy. I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. Here's what the problem was. I thought I knew how to analyze a poem. By the way, if you do anything, anything with poetry, this is the lesson plan to do it. So I thought I knew how to analyze a poem, but it wasn't until I learned how to annotate a poem that I truly mastered it. And it wasn't until I taught students how to annotate a poem that I really learned how to do both. I owe it all to this poetry lesson plan. That sound can only mean one thing. It means it's time for the one thing. That's right. If there's one thing you teach from this story, it's going to be this right here. So the first thing you need to do is choose a short poem. The first time. Not not all the poems you teach are going to be short poems, but in order to, to do this lesson, to get started on your poetry journey, your poetry journey... Having trouble doing my poet voice because I tripped over a piece of wood yesterday and uh, damaged a rib, so I'm having hard with having trouble with the I'm an English poet. So I'm going to do my best, though. I'm going to do my best for you. The reason the first poem poem needs to be a short poem is because the students are going to copy it onto a half slice of paper and use the other half of that slice of paper for writing and analysis. So. You're going to write the poem on the board. Now, if you live in the 21st century, you probably have a smart board or some kind of projection system. And you probably have internet capabilities on a device that can project the poem on the board without you having to copy it down. If you don't, like, what is this, 1996? Anyhow, if you don't, then copy it on the board. Read the poem aloud. Teachers sometimes skip this step. I've skipped it before because sometimes... I can't get the freaking class to shut up. You ever had that problem? I have. Not anymore, though. Not anymore, because I teach at a school where that's not a problem. So I read the poem aloud, or I have a... Sometimes I have students read it aloud, but I read it better. It's just what I do. Number four, instruct students to identify the following elements and make notes. When I say identify the stuff like circle, underline, hashtag, asterisk, drip blood on it, whatever. Whatever it is you do at your school. Identify rhyme scheme. But when if they, I don't know what rhyme scheme is, mister, that's okay. Because you can identify figurative language, images, symbols, sound devices, such as alliteration, consonants, assonance, rhythm, onomatopoeia, off rhyme, blah, blah, blah. Then instruct students to circle any part of the poem that stands out, confuses them, or they think is important. That was number five. Number six, write questions in the margin, highlight unusual words, Mark phrases that indicate the poem's meaning. And then number seven, determine the poem's theme and draw arrows to the lines that support the theme. So if a student can do this successfully, he or she has cited textual evidence to support analysis, has determined uh, one or more themes of, of, uh, of a literary work, 
They've done all this figurative language, connotative meaning, denotative meaning, use context. All those uh, RL standards, reading, reading literature standard. And since this is the one thing you need to teach when you're teaching poetry, I'm going to uh, challenge you on this one. I'm going to challenge you to assume the best. Don't assume students will find this activity boring. Most often, they are pleased that they get to think through a poem without the pressure of being right or wrong. Encourage them to write whatever comes to mind and use, again, this lesson plan to get the most out of the assignment. So you're going to notice a lot of repetition here. First thing you need to do is go over the instructions for annotating a poem. I just went over them. I'll put a link to this lesson plan in the show notes. If I bother to do show notes, I should, hopefully. If I were good at podcasting, I would do show notes. I see people wandering around outside, so I'm going to close the blinds. I do that sometimes. First thing you need to do is go over the instructions for annotating a poem. Second, instruct students to annotate the poem that they had already copied down. Give them five minutes to come up with as much as they can. So actually, maybe number one should be have students copy the poem. Number two, go over instructions for annotating a poem. Number three, give them five minutes. They're like, five minutes? That's not long. That's okay. Five minutes to come up with as much as they can. Maybe 10. You know your students. Go around, hand a whiteboard marker to a student and instruct him or her to identify the rhyme scheme. On the board, by the way, because you've already written the poem on the board. Identify the rhyme scheme. Now, you're probably going to want to pick a smart student for this one to get things started off well. Hand a marker to another student and have him or her identify figurative language. Probably a different colored marker would do. Choose a different student for each of the following. Images, symbols, metaphors, similes, sound devices, and meaningful lines. So you're dividing up the work. You're, at, you're, you're getting them to identify specific things. You can have, depending on how much room you have, how well controlled your students are, and how many different colors, how many different whiteboard markers or smartboard markers you have, you can have uh, as many students up there as necessary. You can also ask for volunteers to come up and add anything they wish to the board annotations. They may be shy at first. If so, throw the marker and choose the student it lands closest to. Be careful. You don't want to like hit someone, get a lawsuit. Don't blame me for that. Feel free to make a few annotations yourself to keep things rolling. It's important to encourage students. Acknowledge all efforts with appreciation. Another little trick you can do is, I used to, once they got used to this, I would hand out a marker to four different students, tell them to go annotate something on the board, and on their way back to their seat, hand their marker to another student. So that's kind of, well, it's kind of fun. And then we're going to revel in the words of the master poets. You're going to discover amazing things as you participate in the process. For example, I discovered that Robert Frost stopping by woods on a snowy evening makes sense forwards and backwards. Hmm. William Wordsworth's Daffodils is about the subconscious connection poets in nature make with the universe slash God. Langston Hughes uses peaceful images of rot to set the reader up for an explosion and what happens to a dream deferred. John Keats emphasizes that our best is good enough even if it isn't good and owed on a Grecian urn. These are all things, by the way, that students came up. And I'm not talking like future Harvard students. I'm talking about that regular old student in your class who is kind of sometimes tough to get things out of. You're not really sure if there's anything going on up there. All right, these are the kind these these are the students, along with the the other students too, but these are the students that are coming up with these ideas. Once the annotations are complete, it's time to write the analysis. Remind students that an analysis consists of facts and analysis. 
commentaries. It is not a summary. A poetry analysis is not a summary of the poem. It's not a listing of facts. And it's definitely not random unsubstantiated conjecture. You ever had those? Random unsubstantiated conjecture? Use the following. You, you, You can set up an outline. Topic sentence stating the title of the poem, the author, and the poem's theme. And perhaps depending on the quality of the class and the students, state the poem's theme and how the author creates that theme. Have at least have a piece of evidence, identify an important line, poetic device, rhyme scheme, and then two pieces of analysis or interpretation. For a whole paragraph, you're probably going to want at least two pieces of textual evidence and a substantial amount of analysis of that. That's all there is to it. There's an outline on the on the link in the show notes. Hopefully I'll put them there. All right. So there you go. That's the one lesson you need to teach to start. You could even use it today to start. National Poetry Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA Podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 